Welcome to the Meet Me podcast, a podcast all about our multifaceted human nature and constant journey through self-discovery with personal stories and insights around trauma, motherhood, relationships, spirituality, and individuality. I'm your host, Michelle Malik. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the first official episode of the Meet Me podcast. You know, as I was thinking about how I wanted to start off the podcast, I threw around a couple ideas and actually recorded other episodes on different topics that I ended up just tabling because I felt like they didn't quite have the value that I had hoped for and I just felt like they needed more time to develop. But, you know, being that the podcast is called Meet Me, it became very clear that starting with the story of how I lost my mother just made the most sense because of how essential this event was in developing who I am today. Her loss was also a catalyst for other traumatic events that followed, which I do plan to share over time. And I'm speaking on this 16 years from her death in hopes that maybe anyone listening who has gone through or is going through a loss of their own can feel some sense of hope or encouragement that there will come a day where you're able to look back on all the grief and all the heartbreak from a perspective of gratitude. And not in the sense that you're glad it happened, but more from a place of acceptance and understanding that your resilience through these losses will not only empower you and give you a perspective that is so invaluable, but it can also lead you to a life that is immensely fulfilling. You know, I'm far from achieving everything that I want in life, but this is something that I've felt for a few years now, and it really solidified after the birth of my son. Knowing that the joy and the love that I feel for him, along with my husband and the life that we've built together, wouldn't be here if she still was. I also want to make it clear that when it comes to significant loss, there is no such thing as getting over it. Even after all these years later, with the help of professional therapists, along with other spiritual healers and my own self-healing work, revisiting this event in preparation for the episode was still extremely difficult and it brought up a lot of old wounds. So let this also be a reminder that healing is an ever-winding road where some days are just easier than others. I hope that by sharing this story, it's not looked at as woe is me or my life is more traumatic than anyone else's. I think that everyone will experience things that are unique to their individual path, but I more so share this for others to hopefully resonate with some of the early stages of my grief that I experienced so that they themselves can give grace throughout their journey knowing that they will come out on the other side if they just continue to choose to put one foot in front of the other. I've just found that there is more validity and power in statements like that coming from someone who has made it through hell and back and is here to share the story. So some quick backstory on my family growing up. I am a daughter to first generation Filipino immigrants and I have an older brother. And I would consider that I had a fairly normal young childhood. I was a generally happy kid. Things started to shift as we got a bit older and unfortunately, abuse was something that was always present in our household at varying degrees. More on that to come at another time, but 
You know, as imperfect as she was, my mom was pretty amazing majority of the time. She was always taking us shopping, spoiling our friends who came over. She loved to host and her laugh was extremely contagious. She was just full of life and always the life of the party, especially with my extended families. She would often sit on my bed watching TV while I fell asleep at night and she always showed affection through hugs and kisses. I mean, I was a total mommy's girl growing up. I was 14 when she passed away, towards the end of eighth grade, getting ready to go to high school. And I actually found out recently that my mom had this underlying heart condition for quite a while and actually actively avoided addressing it when we were young because she wanted to be there for our childhood. Now this heart issue finally came to my awareness when she sat me down and told me that she needed to have surgery and that it's about a 50-50 chance that she'll survive. She used to tell me all the time throughout that process that if she dies, I shouldn't cry for her because it's really important that I continue to live my life. Obviously, this was a lot for a 13, 14-year-old to take in. It felt like we were all holding our breath leading up to and of course during her surgery. But a huge sigh of relief came when the surgery ended up being successful. She was recovering in the hospital while she rebuilt her heart strength and lung capacity. And I actually remember hiding my tears from her when I first saw her in such a vulnerable state. I just wanted to be strong for her like she had been for so much of my life. I think she was there for about a week. We had family members and friends coming in and out visiting her during that time until she was discharged to come home. And I remember the day that she came home, I laid with her for quite a while. She was still weak and tired, so she stayed in our downstairs guest room to avoid the stairs. And I'd lay my head on her chest and listen to the mechanical click of her new heart valve replacement. We were just also happy to have her home. That night, as I was going up for bed, she asked if I could show her my dance routine for an upcoming recital, to which I responded, you'll just have to wait and see when I perform it. I wanted it to be a surprise. And the very next day, I remember wanting to say good morning and show her my outfit for school, just like I did every morning, but I stopped in front of her door and made the decision that it was probably best to let her rest. A little less than halfway through my school day, I got called to the office. And I remember my first thought was being annoyed. I was excited to see my crush in my next period and I didn't understand why I had to be taken out of school. But as I got closer to the office, I saw my dad pacing outside on the phone crying. He told me that she's gone. And I couldn't even process what he was trying to tell me. Again, my mom got through the risky surgery. She was discharged to come home just the day before. I found out later that during her follow-up appointment, there was a blood clot that she developed while in the hospital and it had traveled to her lungs and that's what took her life. A feeling of utter numbness took over my body and I vividly remember not crying at first and literally forcing myself to because it just didn't feel natural to not. I even decided to go to school the next day, trying to distract myself or I guess at the time feeling like it's what my mom would have wanted. And my teachers and classmates all grew concerned as the news about my mom quickly spread across. 
But there I was, just floating through, accepting hugs and condolences, while still finding appropriate times to force myself to cry. I realized later that I was deep in the denial stage of grief. And I remember, especially early on, that I'd have these dreams about her that felt so real that I'd wake up confused about whether or not she was actually gone. And I still have dreams like this on occasion to this day, but now I just see them as little visits. But denial quickly turned into guilt. I started to feel guilty for not showing her my dance routine, for not saying good morning to her before school, for feeling inconvenienced being taken out of class, and especially for not crying. These feelings of guilt came up a lot during the initial years of my grieving process, and they still appear in adulthood for different reasons, which I've learned to show grace towards just knowing that I was only a child and I shouldn't have been expected to know how to handle my grief appropriately. But then my guilt turned into anger. I felt angry towards the hospital for discharging her only to die the very next day. I was angry towards God. Growing up Catholic, I couldn't understand how an all-loving and all-powerful God could take her and leave me behind with my dad. I even felt angry towards my mom for feeling like she knew it was going to happen and didn't do anything to stop it. Even as we were cleaning out her belongings, we found a newspaper clipping that she had folded up in one of her old perfume boxes with the title, How to Cope with the death of your spouse, which she purposely left for my dad to find. And I even felt angry that I didn't get a newspaper clipping because all I wanted at that time was just one more interaction with her. I can't quite remember when I finally allowed my grief to turn into sadness because the initial couple years that followed were so traumatic and emotionally taxing that I still have blind spots in my memory even to this day. But because I no longer had my mom and I didn't have a healthy relationship with my dad, I had to grow up very fast. Losing her at such an important stage in my development it left me turning to others for support and resources, not only through my grief, but even through my ever-changing body and hormones. I was revered to as strong for so much of my life and to me, as I'm sure anyone else who has experienced a loss like this knows, it wasn't so much a strength as it was just pure survival. Because the only other choice that I had was to allow the grief and allow the loss to consume me, and my mom wanted more for me. I do realize how well-intentioned she was in preparing me for her death by telling me not to cry for her. But I encourage anyone listening to this that's going through a loss of their own to cry as much as you need to and find comfort knowing that things like denial, guilt, and anger are also part of the messy but necessary grieving process. I think acknowledging all forms of emotions while going through an insurmountable loss is so important in working through the new reality of moving forward without them. I've since shed many tears for her and I've welcomed these feelings anytime they choose to show up. These have been especially apparent navigating through different relationships, big life events, holidays, including of course her birthday and death anniversary. And throughout my life, I've tried to find the reason for her loss since I always heard everything happens for a reason. And as I've grown and gained different perspectives throughout my lifetime, I've come to an understanding that a lot that happens in this life is random. But the situations and circumstances we find ourselves in can be used as tools for growing into the person that we're meant to be. Now, this isn't something my 14-year-old self would have accepted, but 
Now, as a 30-year-old woman with a loving husband, an incredible child, and the feeling that I've discovered my life's purpose, I realize that none of what I have today that I'm so immensely grateful for would be here if things didn't happen the way that they did. But even at this stage of acceptance, it doesn't make me miss her or wish she was here any less. I want to end this episode with a practice that has helped me immensely in healing my childhood traumas. And this is something that is best utilized in the years following the traumatic event. And it's especially effective for anyone who experienced trauma as a child to do so in their adult life. You'll wanna sit and visualize the version of you that is still deep in the trenches, fresh after the loss or traumatic event. How did you look? How did you feel? Where were you? Then visualize who you are today, holding that past version of you and providing the comfort, support, love, and encouragement that you wish you had at the time. And this can also be done in a written format by writing the past version of yourself a letter. I've done both iterations of this practice multiple times, so whatever feels best for you. So often when we're experiencing trauma, we feel so misunderstood and like no one truly gets it. And so what makes this practice so powerful is that no one knows exactly what you've been through better than yourself. So allow this practice to give you exactly what you needed then but couldn't have. Support from someone who understands fully what you've been through and has survived to tell the story. I thank you so much for dedicating your time and energy and listening to what I had to share. I know that this really only scratches the surface. And again, I plan to allow kind of the thread of losing my mother come up throughout my podcast journey as I dive into other topics as well. But I'd love to connect with anyone listening, especially if this resonated with you. You can find me on Instagram at underscore Michelle Malik along with my Healing Collectives page, Enlightened Healing House for spiritual inspiration and events. But until next time, thanks so much for listening.